Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil Camberwell here with episode 233 of the Tutor Podcast, the Monday morning show for anyone in the business of helping people through teaching, tutoring and coaching. As usual, aiming to share ideas from my 23 years of experience teaching guitar, coaching and mentoring people and helping you to stay sane, make more money, make more of a difference and have a lot more fun along the way. So let's crack on with the show. It's been a long day in the Vortex today. The Vortex is my teaching time distortion field where hours evaporate in what seem like minutes. A whole day can be gone in what feels like a few hours. During the course of the day today, two of my students, both of whom are elder males, uh, let's call them Tony and Carl, thanked me today for being so patient with them. Tony said, in all the time we've worked together, you've never, ever shown any sign of impatience or frustration. How the bloody hell did you do that? And Carl said, thanks for being so patient with me. If I were you, I'd have wanted to strangle me long ago. It's kind of nice to hear that. But it doesn't mean there's no emotional response, no impatience or frustration when a student isn't progressing. Just like you, I have to manage the frustration and impatience because if it gets out of control, I might respond badly, maybe get angry, maybe even get snappy, perhaps I'd even yell, scream. But 23 years into teaching, it's never happened. Well, not yet, because of course everything's just a yet. When the students are not following instruction or they can't perform a technique, especially the really simple ones that we've maybe been through several times before, and I expect them to have it, there's often a, a sort of gut response, a sort of churning disturbance that really makes you want to shake them out of their incompetence and stupidity. You know what I'm talking about. It makes you want to bellow at them and ask them what the hell they're doing. Make sure and ask them if they're retarded or something. See, that's the inner monster we all have to subdue and tame, unless we're some kind of saint or superhuman gifted with infinite patience and serenity. I'm not. I guess you're not. How do we do it? We're not saints here. We're just supposedly normal people trying to help other people based on us and indeed our students having no special talents or gifts. We presume nothing, we just get on with it. But it's that gut level feeling that we have to manage. If we let that deep, visceral, emotional disturbance continue, we might just 
blow up and completely lose our shit with them. That would be bad. Bad for our students and disastrous for us as professionals. So how? I mean, how on earth can we keep it all inside and transmute it into something useful? Perhaps even something precious instead. Well, first things first, you need to recognise that you are feeling some kind of emotion, whatever you decide to call it. You see, if you can't recognise it, you can't manage it. And then that feeling, that emotion will manage you. So here's how it works. Well, first things first, you notice you feel something. Decide what you're going to call it. You could call it frustration. You could call it disbelief or exasperation. You could say it's anger. You could say it's a, a suddenly rising urge to commit homicide. Maybe. Here's the thing, though. What you call it will do one of three things to the way you perceive that feeling. But the worst case, it could enhance its effect. If you think you're angry or frustrated, if you perceive that emotional disturbance inside and interpret in that way of anger, frustration, you'll just get more angry and more frustrated. Call it something different, you might find it reduces the effect. If that gut-level anticipatory buzz or feeling precedes a breakthrough, you'll interpret it differently because it's the excitement, the anticipatory excitement of a breakthrough. Maybe you'll see it as the challenge to develop your teaching skills and do better for yourself when someone's stuck. And then there's the third possible outcome, is that the way you perceive the feeling will have absolutely no effect whatsoever. It's possible, but only for a while. The emotions never rest. They're always moving this way, that way, swaying from good to bad and back again, all day long. You could calm down and all be well. Or you could have a meltdown, upsetting the carefully nurtured trust between the student and yourself. So my question is, why chance it? If it's going to go well or go poorly, it's just a coin toss, well, I'm not really in interested in playing that kind of game. If I surrender to the vagaries of feelings, then I think I've lost control and I'm a frustration time bomb waiting to go off. I mean, you might know someone just like that. Think back to when I was at school, we had a lot of teachers who repeatedly lost control of themselves, yelling and ranting at the naughty little Herbert, usually me, who didn't understand or couldn't learn at the teacher's desired or acceptable pace. Back then, as a kid, you might also receive a frustrated smack around the ear or, or be made to stand up and 
be singled out for some special abuse in front of your peers from that teacher who couldn't hold it together and couldn't manage their emotions. Yuck. Maybe they just didn't know how to keep themselves and their emotions in check. Do we? Do we as professionals know how to keep ourselves and our emotions in check? If we are professionals, we should be able to handle ourselves better than just about anybody, I reckon. But how? Well, over time, I guess we build up a bag of tricks and techniques to deal with just about anything, including this sort of thing. But if your bag of tricks could maybe do with a top-up, or you haven't got one, get yourself a bag, start filling it with tricks. Try this. This is what I do. First of all, I need to recognise that I'm feeling some kind of emotional response. So it might be that tightening in my gut that I get when someone isn't learning the way they want them to. When it's not happening for them and they're frustrated and I don't know in that moment how to move them forward. So I recognise it. And I'm going to decide how to interpret that feeling to figure out what the feeling might actually be for me. Because it is, in essence, just a feeling. I could interpret it positively or negatively. If I say, oh, that's so frustrating, I feel that frustration welling up inside me, I'll get more of it. But if I say to myself, ooh, that's interesting. I'm feeling something. And then I might presuppose that it's a good thing and ask myself the question, what good thing might that be trying to tell me? I'll often reach into my mental tool bag of gubbins and pick out an idea to see if it works. Will it work with the current student, with the way we're interacting today? If it works, I'm done and I can continue teaching and have apparently infinite patience and positivity sort of gentle serenity as one of the students called it if it doesn't work i'm going to get back in that trick bag pronto and pull out the next technique the next idea and try it out and if it works i'm done if it doesn't work i'm back in the bag for yet another There's always something in the bag i think this is why i've become such a fan of NLP, which is Neuro Linguistic Programming, sort of applied psychology, behavior and linguistics, and some of the techniques of hypnosis for teaching. Primarily, they allow me to manage first myself so that I, in turn, can manage my students for the better, can help them to master their state and to not get frustrated and angry with themselves. So the bag of tricks contains all sorts of things. Maybe I'll start with a reframe. Instead of, mm, that feeling is interesting. Edit. Instead of, ooh, that feeling's frustrating. It's making me angry. I could just 
say, oh, I feel something. What good thing is that trying to tell me? I might, for instance, kind of go inside myself and notice the direction the feeling is moving because emotions never stay still. I don't know if you've noticed that before. Whatever direction it's going in, I like to stop it with my hands and reverse it, spin it the other way around. It's amazing that that will change the direction of an emotional response. So, if that doesn't work, I'll, I'll check out that the, the feeling inside of me has a, a colour to it. Identify the colour, change the colour to one that feels better for me. And if that doesn't work, I might mentally move that feeling off to the side, move it up, down, forwards, backwards, wherever, until I find out where it feels like it doesn't matter. Or at least where it matters less. And if I can do this to myself silently, quickly and invisibly, then externally I appear super patient. If I can, and I do, use these ideas on myself, am I going to use them on my students when they're stuck? when they're frustrated or when they're down on themselves? Absolutely, yes, I am. See, I've always been of the opinion that part of my job is teaching guitar, but that's not necessarily always the biggest or most important part of it. The other part of what I do is help students, coaching clients and mentees to manage themselves better. But best of all, building up this trick bag of ideas and techniques has allowed me to manage my own feelings, my own frustrations, my impatient inner ranting maniac and to remain calm and supportive for my tribe. Because it's, it's widely known that when emotions like fear, anger or even great love rise high enough, then rational thought slopes off to the pub for a long, long session. So if I allow myself to interpret a feeling, which is essentially neutral in a negative way, I might decide to say something out of emotion alone and perhaps upset the student and lose their trust. That would be bad for business. It's also bad for me. So... The bottom line is, I guess, if you, like me, don't want to be a victim of your emotions, just remember business is business. Manage yourself and your inner frustrations, your inner bewilderment that they still haven't got it, whatever it is for you. We all need to behave professionally to stay in the game and to be useful by helping people. And I think that sooner or later, if we're not in command of our emotions and our response when we're teaching, we're going to find a way to not be there anymore. Let me know what you think, guys. I'd love to hear from you, because 
as always, I'm here to learn as well as share what I've learned so far. Drop me an email. It's info at neilcamado.com or find me on Twitter where I am simply at Tutor Podcast. If you like what I do, I'll see you next week. Remember to subscribe to the show and maybe even leave a review. So next week we'll be back with more ideas, more tips to help you to start, grow and love your ongoing tutoring business, just like I do mine. I hope this podcast has got you thinking and maybe even been some help to stay useful. Until next time, have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.